welcome to The Partial Perspective, a place where I share my perspective on everything in the space between life and death. I'm your host, Pasho. Well, my Pachos Chachos, as you already know, episode 65 is titled, Anger is Easy. Now, I got this idea from the movie The Odyssey with Armand Rassant. That was a, a TV miniseries movie. And to give you some context, Odysseus has been away for about 20 years from his home after going to the Trojan War, after being victorious, using coming up with the idea of the Trojan horse. Uh, he returns eventually home after humbling himself before the gods and revealing that man is nothing without the gods, which is the overall theme of the play by Homer. Uh, he is then introduced to his son, to whom he has only seen on the day of his birth, and just like that, he had to then go with Agamemnon and Menelaus to Troy. And so 20 years later, he sees his son, and you can tell that his son is very distressed. A bunch of suitors for a few years have been tormenting um, him and his mother. They've been trying to convince Penelope, the queen, to remarry, to convince her and him that uh, Odysseus, their father and husband, is dead. And, you know, they've been raping the maids and impregnating them and eating all of their uh, goats and sheep and their cheese and drinking all of their good wine, right? And pretty much making the place a wasteland. And so Telemachus, or Telemachus, I don't really know how you would pronounce it, but um, let's just go with the first thing so that way it's consistent. Telemachus uh, is angry and he says that he wants to exact revenge. And Odysseus tries to pass along uh, the lessons that he has learned over the 20 years uh, to be more humble and to not give way to anger, but to strategize and plan things out, which is why the goddess Athena uh, favored him and, uh, you know, gave him, so to speak, the idea of the Trojan horse. And so he tells him, uh, you know, that there is a right place and a right time to use your anger. And he, and he tries to tell him, you know, but now is not it. You know, like, let me do my plan. Like, I have this idea, and I promise you, you'll be able to get your revenge. And so there's a scene where, uh, because at the same time, Telemachus has returned from abroad, he went to Sparta to hear news of his father, he, you know, basically lies to the suitors and says, I believe my father is dead. And... Um, one of the suitors challenges him because he has a beard on his face, and so that makes him a man. And so to prove his manliness, right, he uh, challenges him to a fight. Uh, one of the guys, uh, the other suitors, you know, tries to convince this guy to kill him. But, you know, there's this rule in Greece that, you know, you can't just kill somebody unless they're trying to kill you. And so he's really trying to provoke Telemachus uh, to be so wrathful that he will make the mistake, you know, as novice as he is as a warrior. Well, this other guy is a very seasoned warrior uh, who was murdered and killed, you know, several times. He tries to bait him into giving into his anger and attempting to kill him, which would then give him an excuse to kill the heir of the throne, right? Which would then force Penelope's hand and having to choose, choose a suitor to become the next king. And so he tells him, to wait. And there's this great scene where, you know, Telemachus, after having his face basically pummeled in and he's scarred up because this guy kicks him while he's down, 
the guy, you know, who convinced the other one to try to kill him, gives him a knife, gives Telemachus a knife and says, you know, don't go down like this, right? Don't be a little bitch. Show him what you mean. Try to kill this guy. And he gives him a dagger. And so, you know, he turns around and he says, I'm going to kill you. And the other guy gets a knife too. And he says, all right, we'll bring it on. Because, you know, again, he needs to set it up to where Telemachus is going to kill him so that he could then have the right to defend himself and kill Telemachus. And the Odysseus, who was disguised by Athena as a beggar, uh, is among the guests. And before Telemachus could get into the battle, he screams out, Anger is easy! Which reminds Telemachus, now is not the time. And he drops the sword, walks away, and so the other guy doesn't kill him, doesn't hurt him, other than, you know, the damage he's already been done. And so that's kind of uh, what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, How it's just so easy to give in to anger, to be wrathful, which is a sin. And so I have a story from this weekend that I will share with you to hopefully get this message across. So Um, I go to a Catholic church with my family every Sunday, or at least we try to, uh, so long as everyone is healthy. And uh, I saw that it was about to rain, you know, and so I'm thinking, let me go early and get a good parking spot right next to the church. And lo and behold, as I'm turning into the parking lot, I see in the distance a parking space available. And as we approach it becomes very obvious that there is no way I'm going to put my uh, truck with my family in it into this spot because this woman whom I've had a a few encounters with already, uh, usually because of her terrible parking skills, um, yet again decided to pretty much um, take up two spots. And so she went in and for some reason at the end, angled her car to where the front bumper was not on the line. It was blatantly in the other parking space. Now, you may say the woman is half blind, and sure, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Uh, But I can't imagine her getting out of her car, and it's a tiny car, you know, it's like a Swift or something. And, you know, I can't imagine she gets out of the car and can't notice that she has very conceitedly taken both spots and this woman as I mean she's a child of God so I'm going to try to choose my words nicely here but this person I guess could have cared less because she left her car as it was and entered the church and so by the time that I got there um, you know it was I had to call an audible, right? It, it was, I, I wanted to go into the spot. There was no way it was going to happen. It just so happened, because, you know, my father's always looking out for us, that there was another spot, a couple of, you know, slots down, and, and I was able to take it and, and thus have a good uh, parking space in case it rained. It never rained, so, I mean, it wasn't an issue. But uh, it was funny because the car, you know, everybody in the car, my, my son's, uh, and my wife and I, we, we were dumbfounded. I mean, we couldn't believe how inconsiderate this person was, you know, just leaving her car like that. I mean, it, it was audacious. It was like a middle finger to the world saying, I'm going to do whatever I want and screw you, which I just, it, it perplexes me because you're going to mass where the message is always 
the antithesis to that idea of screw the world, let me do what I want. Um, but we were huffing and puffing. My oldest son, you know, was putting her on blast, saying how inconsiderate, you know, an ignoramus, uh, to all of which I agreed and was huffing and puffing inside myself. Uh, you know, my wife couldn't believe it too. You know, I mean, we were, we were just in awe. Like, how could you park so bad? I mean, there's one thing that you're two to the left, you're two to the right and whatever, but to be in two parking spaces was terrible. So, um, unfortunately, Odysseus was right. It is so easy to embrace the wrong thing, to embrace wrath instead of practice patience and temperance. And so all these thoughts came into my head as I'm approaching the front door of my church. I mean, ugh, it's embarrassing to say, but I'm going to admit it to you because I'm human and I'm not pretending to be perfect. And I think you would really relate to this. And so I'm going to show you just, you know, how imperfect I am. Oh, my pachos, chachos. Uh, I had terrible thoughts. These terrible thoughts just came into my head. I wanted to kick in her door and dent it. So that way when she came out, she could see the results of being so inconsiderate. I had daydreamt of keying in the side door F you. Um, I had uh, ideas like cutting all of the tire stems on the four tires or simply just slashing the four tires and leaving her on the rims. And I mean, it's terrible, right? And and some of these thoughts, you know, even followed me into the church. And there I am sitting down at the pew. And I'm looking around the church trying to find her. You know, and, and now, I mean, I have to ask myself, why? Like, what what was I going to do, right? Am I going to walk up to her and start a fight? Am I going to put her on blast in front of my Lord and Savior crucified in the center of the church? Am I going to give her the stink eye after receiving the Eucharist? <laughs> I mean, that's how crazy I was. I'm telling you, I lost my mind. And I, and I felt it. I felt it in my body that my heartbeat was high. My jaw was clenched. I was angry. And so I prayed. And I pulled out the kneeler. I got on my knees. I did the sign of the cross. I put my hands together and I said, please, Father, Calm my soul. Remove my anger. Be my patience as you have promised. Well, wouldn't you believe it? My prayer was instantly answered. It did not take longer than the first reading of the Mass from the book of Sirach. And I kid you not, I can't write this stuff. You know, it, it's amazing. It reads, Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, for he remembers their sins in detail. Forgive your neighbor's injustice, then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. Should a man nourish anger against his fellows and expect healing from the Lord? Should a man refuse mercy to his fellows yet seek pardon for his own sins? If he who is but flesh cherishes wrath, who will forgive his sins? 
Remember your last days. Set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Think of the commandments. Hate not your neighbor of the most highest covenant and overlook faults. I can only imagine the look on my face as I looked up at the crucifixion of my Lord, shaking my head in embarrassment that I had allowed myself to be brought so low as to hate another person. And so I did exactly as they had told me to do. I forgave her in the bottom of my heart and and eventually ended up having a pretty good day. As soon as I forgave her in my heart, my jaw unclenched, my heartbeat went back to normal, and I was able to enjoy the rest of the Mass. And to go home, the car already pulled away, no reminder of the bother that I had had. Even my son said something like, good, that lady is gone, and I told him, son, don't worry about it. Forgive her. She knows not what she does. And then another idea came into my head, this one this time from the Buddha, who I share in my class always, and I know I've shared it with you in several podcasts, but as a reminder, anger is the punishment we give ourselves for someone else's actions. Think about that. Somebody cuts you off, and we get angry if you don't just let it go. And meanwhile, the person who cut you off, who probably didn't do it personally, isn't looking in your window thinking, oh, there he is, let me piss him off. Right? He's just going about their life. Maybe they're just inconsiderate. I mean, that's how people are sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. But if I were to get angry at that person and then take my anger and wrath on the next person and continue that anger and despising society and humanity because of this one person, I'm ruining my day. I'm hardening my heart. I am making the people around me miserable. The person who cut me off isn't thinking about me. They're not upset. They're not angry. They've gone on with their life. I have to do the same thing. And that's what the Buddha means. We're punishing ourselves when we get angry because of what other people did instead of just forgiving them, which is the hard part. Anger is easy. Being patient, merciful, and forgiving takes a little effort. But at the end, it's worth it. Are we going to mean what we say when we say forgive those who trespass against us? How can I expect my father to forgive me if I can't forgive my neighbor? When I am asked to love my neighbor as I love myself, how can I expect him to love me when I have not loved them? And so just a reminder to all you out there, Don't give in so easily to your anger and to hatred. Anyone can do that. Any animal can devolve into their natural, instinctual ways. We humans, we Christians, we Americans, we conservatives must be better if we want a better world. As Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Stop complaining about what other people are doing and focus on what you are doing and what you are adding to society. 
So there's one last thing that I want to talk about because it was a miracle, my Pachos Chachos. I saw a miracle when I picked up my daughter. I had come to a stop sign and I was behind a car who was stopped at a stop sign and that person had the right of way, 100%. And the two roads on the left and the right, there were two cars that approached the stop sign as well. And all things being equal, the person in front of me had the right of way to make the left turn as they wanted to do. However, that person had noticed a pedestrian approaching the intersection and they waited. They waited at the stop sign. I didn't lean on my horn because I saw the pedestrian. I thought he's got the right of way. That's very nice. And so this kid crossed the street. And that's not the miracle, though. The miracle is that the two cars who had later approached their own stop signs, because it was a four-way intersection, they waited. They could have easily gone. They both were just going straight. Nobody would have noticed anything. The kid was literally in front of the car, and they would have had plenty of time to cross. But instead, they noticed that the person who had the right-of-way was waiting for someone else. And they waited for the person in front of me. And so that person made a left. I creeped up to the stop sign. Those two cars that beautifully waited, like patient, wonderful people, went their separate ways. And then I took my turn. And I was in so much in awe that I told my daughter, Grand, you know, mind you, she's three years old, so I doubt she understood or really got the message, but... I told her, baby, we just witnessed a miracle. We saw humans at their best being patient instead of so selfish and self-centered and doing whatever they wanted to do. They did instead the right thing. And it gave me so much hope in our species and I needed it. And it even got to the point where we're sitting at the dinner table, my wife and kids and I, because we always eat together. I recommend if you're not doing it, force your family to eat together. A family that eats together stays together, learns of each other. And I shared it with my family. I told them the same story that I just told you. And even my 10-year-old son understood. And he couldn't help himself but release a, wow. That was really something special, Dad. I wish I could have seen it. And my wife also nodding her head in approval at the amazing sight that I had beheld. Let's focus on that. Focus on the good. I know it's so easy, especially with social media amplifying all the terrible atrocities that happen, not only in our country, but across the world, like the terrible things happening in Sicily and Italy and Germany and France and England, how they are ruining their own cultures and traditions and countries because of this faux kindness to humanity by letting strangers and usurpers come and take their resources and commit crimes and do all these terrible things. I mean, I trust me, I get it. I know it's so easy to give way to hatred, to, to lose hope in humanity, to see only the negative things in the world. But at the end of the day, we know who won. We know who wins at the end of this story. 
For those of us who believe in my Father, we know that this journey, this life here on earth is but a temporary stop before we get to have eternal bliss with our Father. The kingdom of heaven is presented to all men, and yet men do not see it. And we don't see it, I think, because we are so blinded by our anger that if we just let that go and focus on the little things, your child holding your hand, your little baby girl asking for a hug before she goes to sleep, a neighbor taking a package while it was raining that was outside your door and bringing it when they noticed that you come home. You know there's good in the world. You are some of what is good in this world. Focus on those beautiful things. Work out that muscle of finding heaven in everything that you do and see. Anger is easy. Let's do instead of what's easy, let's do what we know is right. I know it's a tall order to ask you to love these people who could care less whether you love them or not. But that is why we're here. And I don't want your heart to harden. And I don't want you to despair. And so I'm sharing my story in hopes that you too will catch yourself when you are angry and that you too will humble yourself before our God and pray for peace because he is peace and then pay that goodness forward so that other people believe that there is good and that there is hope. Well, thank you for listening to me, Pachos Chachos. As always, have a wonderful week. God bless you. And I'll talk to you later.